Welcome to the Electric Punk Punch Podcast, where we interview members of the electronic dance community. I am your host, Logan Grigsby. Here I will be interviewing uh, everyone from producers to DJs, club owners, promoters, and everything in between. Today I am here with Dylan Hawkendall. You may know him as half of Low Temp. Uh, who's hoping for Liquid Stranger and has helped produce shows like Not Fest and most recently Excision. Um, first, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come in. Um, of course, no problem. First question: What do you think about garden gnomes? Garden gnomes. Garden gnomes. I'm a big fan. Big fan. Big I fan. think I think they're pretty scary. Those little little vicious, the red cheeks, short. <laughs> They always look angry. They never look happy to see you. I'm not, yeah, not a big fan. I think they're inviting. They're like, they like protect Uh, your garden. Yeah, they protect your gardens with the bad vibes. (laughs) No, they protect them from the bad vibes. Oh, you think they protect them from the bad vibes. vibes. Yeah. Here's the thing. You ever seen only like one garden gnome, though? Like everybody's, you know, everybody's got an army of garden gnomes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So to get started, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Um, how old were you when you first got into music? What what was maybe the first concert you went to? What kind of inspired you to get into music? And do you come from a musical background? What was some of the first instruments you played? Sure. So um, I was born in Kansas City, Missouri, um, and then grew up in Overland Park, Kansas. KC which, native. Yeah, okay. If you don't know where Overland Park is and, you know, um, it's like just basically 15 minutes away from Kansas Sub, City. Yeah, suburb, suburb, suburb of Kansas, of Kansas City. City. Um, and yeah, so I did do music growing up. I played uh, the guitar. Um, great instrument. I just kind of did the whole lesson thing, and like that exposed me to the music for the fir- to music to music for the first time. And um, yeah, I didn't really go much further than uh, probably like three or four years of lessons, but I did that, and then. Um, when I got into high school, I started making beats, and I got like any uh, any die I could. I would just uh, pirate it off the internet, yeah. so I had every single one, and I was just, you know, trying them all and and seeing what sticks. So, what kind of inspired you to start doing EDM? Did you go to a, any specific show, or did you have a older brother or sibling that started to in- introduce you to it, or? Um. So I first got exposed to electronic music. Um, in the seventh grade so that'd make me 12 and i was born in 1998 so that would be 2010 i I was 96 so i think i i was introduced to edm around around that same time yeah we were doing a computer project and it had to be like to music Mm -hmm. and i was just i i was on some other shit doing something and uh this kid was like yo check this out and um there's a skrillex track and that was the first I'd heard of it. And then, so like I said, when I got to high school, um, I got like a bunch of different DAWs just to like try and figure it out. Cause I was really into like, uh, what was called tra- like trap music at the time. Yeah. Um, I like on YouTube, like looking up like whatever you could find. Uh, yeah. So I was into electronic music and, uh, when I was in high school, I think I was a sophomore. So that'd make me 15 or so. 15, 16. Yeah. I went to, uh, excision with some friends and uh that was amazing uh that was my first time kind of seeing like it on a large scale on a large scale or even really in in like uh 
like a show or and concert setting. Back then, did could you ever imagine you'd go on to help 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 him help help set up his things? Yeah. Was that even a thought in your mind? Or? No, not at all. Because I I didn't even really know what I was getting into. Like I it was kind of a culture shock for me for real. Because I went to a Catholic school. Um, so I was in Catholic high school. Oh. Went to Excision. Interesting. And yeah, like I said, like you can just kind of imagine the culture shock between what I was used to and. Uh, you know, just how, how free everything is. And, so uh, I guess that goes to my next question. What were you like in high school? Uh, um, I bet Catholic school man, is pretty so interesting. In Catholic school, I was, I was the kid that you hit up to get your cigarettes. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like, I don't know. I don't think like in my mind, I don't think I was popular, but I think that people did like me like looking back on it. But at the time it, I didn't really feel that way. Um, understandable but yeah i mean i i was the kid that always hung out with the older guys and smoked cigarettes in the parking lot and like i don't know i and then like near the end of high school when all the my older friends had graduated then i was just hanging out with people that were even older you know makes and, sense and I'm... not really even people from the school and mm. I, I ended up getting kicked out of that high school too <laughs> <laughs> so. excision and catholic high schools yo, don't mix yo it ruined me <laughs> <laughs> so you've been a part of the rave community the edm community in kansas city for about 10 years now it sounds like mm -hmm. how do you feel about the i feel the rather explosive growth and popularity we've seen i feel like shows have gotten much bigger they've gotten much more dynamic more way more production value what are some of the growing pains you've seen what are the, the what are some of the good things you've seen how do you feel about how much we've grown in the last 10 years well when you said growing pains it made me think because yesterday we were in uh lincoln nebraska for subtronics doing that mm -hmm. and um they couldn't like, and this is a common thing. Like they can't like tours sometimes can't fit full production in a venue. Yes. And it's like, to your point that like, it's getting so big and so, so, so crazy. quickly they can't even well, keep really keep up with it. Yeah. Like, uh, well, it, it just gets scaled to size, mm -hmm. you know, but like, for instance, he has like this, like probably 15 or 20 foot high little pedestal thing that he plays on. And that didn't fit in there. Not and, at all. <laughs> um, it was really cool though. It was a great show. Shout out to Subtronics and that whole uh, tour that they're doing. We got that tomorrow, Thursday, March thirty first, twenty twenty two, at the Midland. Right. To follow to follow up the question for growing the community in the future, what do you what are some of the things that we think that you that you think we as a community could do to positively grow? And what struggles do you possibly see coming from going going forward sure um i think the the biggest thing that people could do to like grow the community is to invite the people that don't go to the shows yet to the shows and be like man you got to come to this it's gonna be so awesome it's gonna you know the last one was so much fun like you're gonna love this like trust me like you need to come check this out see you know? I, it per and as a personal experience that's pretty much how i got into it my friends were like hey come out come check out this show tonight and you're gonna love it and that i feel like for most people that is how they get in, into the community a friend brings them in they go to their first show they have a great time and mm -hmm. that that and that's that yeah yeah um, 
that's huge. I mean, that's like when I tell the story of how I went to excision my first time, like I wasn't necessarily like seeking that out. Like I knew who excision was at that point, but I probably like wasn't like watching to see when he was coming to town because like I said, I hadn't even really had the exposure to like large scale or even like, uh, like I'd been producing music, but I hadn't seen like a means to an end as just being a producer outside of like being a record producer for singers or rappers. And I feel like most people probably have that exact, exact perception. Yeah. And then at the end of high school, I found out that you could DJ like just DJ. Like you didn't need like, you know, I don't, it's, it, it seems obvious, but at Mm -hmm. the time, you know, when I was like 15, you don't really 16, think about all that. Yeah. I was like, Oh, you can, you can just go buy a little <laughs> you can board. Just go like, buy a board and yeah. Start. Like you can just do it in your bedroom. Like that, that was huge. Like, and I don't know why I didn't like put two and two together, but I guess it was like the combination of it being like accessible. And then I could see like the, the end of it or like the fruits that's of the labor. When, that's when you really started to get going. Yeah. Cause like, like, does that, you get what I'm saying? I get, yeah. I understand completely. So, unfortunately, a lot of people look at the EDM community and see it as a drug community when it is obviously way more than that. What do you think the community can possibly do to change that perception going forward? Well, I mean, I feel like the people that are there for, you know, that type of reason you know they're not really there for the music they're there for yeah and you're like, always going to have that type of people no matter what music industry you go into yeah. rock, rock and roll rap in my opinion that you're going to have th- those types of people in every industry yeah it just kind of comes with the territory right. i think of uh like getting a bunch of people together because mm-hmm. to your point you know it it doesn't really matter what scene you're looking at. Like it can pretty much be looked at unfavorably depending on like what your viewpoint is. Yeah. I just think it's important that if you're not in the electronic music community, you keep an open mind Mm -hmm. and don't think that way because that's, it's, it's just like, it's it's like, it's like like simplifying and like generalizing and like putting everybody into one category. And it's like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that like, I don't know what happens at shows or, you know, um, but I think that, you know, knowledge is power and I'm big into harm reduction and whatever kind of uh, exactly. ways being, that make sense. Being aware. And, uh, you know, you can't play dumb, but we make, we take proper precautions at every show um, to make sure that, you know, somebody everybody on staff is, is yeah, everybody's going to be safe. Yeah. Everybody's properly trained. We have good security. Um, you know, you don't, you don't need any of that to have a good time either. The music and the production exactly. is good enough. Exactly. You do not need drugs to have a good time. How do you think Kansas City compares to other cities in the area, such as just Des Moines, Chicago, Denver, St. Louis? Um, you just said Nebraska. How, how do you feel like we compare it to all these other cities? Sure. Um, well, you know, we'll start with Denver, I guess. They're obviously a much bigger uh, community. Um, been been around a little longer a little bit longer and uh yeah there's just it's a real big scene out there and they're they're diverse and you know they'll have a popping underground event the same night as a amazing like nationally touring or internationally touring even house act the same night as a nationally touring rhythm artist and they'll all sell out 
and then there'll be wow. like some weird bass show too that'll that'll do pretty good if not sell out, <laughs> you know. Um, so but, pretty, it's pretty good, pretty good out there in Denver. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you know, I it, it can kind of be a grass is always greener, you know. Yeah, um, on the oh, of course. Because you know sometimes like people look at like the stuff that we do in the lineups that we have, and it's like the national tours do hit like all these different markets that you're talking about. Um, but you know, we'll still get people reach out and be like, you know, you guys are holding it down. Like we wish we had promoters that would like do it like this where we're at, you know? Um, and they'll be in like these cities that you're talking about. But, um, like, I don't know. like, so looking at like a, uh, like, let's look at like Lincoln. Like they don't really have like an electronic music festival or St. Louis doesn't really have like their electronic music festival. So having an electronic music festival in, in town is like good for, cultivating that community and growing the community because I feel like that can be a moment where it goes from being a passing interest to like a passion for people, mm-hmm. especially once they get fully immersed in the complete culture um, that you can get at a festival of just the whole kind of community. Yeah, and I the know vibe and... even more recently I, when I go to dance fest, I start to see more and more people coming down from Lincoln, Des Moines. I know Des Moines has a couple festivals, mm-hmm. but Lincoln, far side of Missouri, people coming from way out of town. Cause we, they'll see these small, small so- local shows and be like, okay, I want to check out the whole festival. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it just kind of gives you an opportunity to be completely immersed and, so how about the smaller cities? How about Lincoln? How about Des Moines? Yeah. Still, still growing? Are they going growing at a pretty rapid rate? Des, Des Moines has some really good promoters, and Lincoln and Omaha have some really good promoters. I I know them all, like most of them in town. Okay. Um, that kind of do things similar to what we do. Um, that's one thing that I'll say, kind of like to the kind of like Midwest community, like Oklahoma City, St. Louis, Des Moines, uh, Lincoln, Omaha, like we all kind of know each other that are doing this electronic thing. Like it makes sense. You it's know, the Midwest. Yeah. And, and a lot of us work with each other too, just on various things. Like for instance, one of the promoters in Iowa puts on um, Cosmic Kingdom. And okay. I, I work as a stage manager for that festival because, you know, one of the few people you're that do have, this type have of thing. the experience yeah. you're in the area I'm in the area we know each sense. other like yeah. help help each other out yeah and that 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 comes into into play too when you talk about like tours because like i said like that subtronics tour is hitting wichita mm-hmm. and lincoln and des moines and kansas city and St. Louis and Denver, mm-hmm. you know. So you obviously so, meet so many in the prop prop people in the process of going from city to city to city. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell me more about low temp. First off, what are some of the pros and cons of being in a duo? Well, the pros, um, it's like there's always somebody to run it by, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then. Second set of eyes. Second, second set, set of, of ears. eyes. Second set of hands when you're on stage, um, just kind of allows for things to to happen differently than if there were one person, and then just kind of like dividing up responsibilities. Because trying to be an artist and you know have a job or Man, you know family relationships or you know uh, an intimate relationship or friendships and maintaining you know output as far as creativity goes on top of you know now I have to figure out 
how I'm going to distribute this. Am I going to release it myself? Am I going to go to a label? Okay, well now I have to email these labels Mm -hmm. and wait months on end potentially to even hear back. And, uh, like, I don't know, we we just got a manager too. Um, Mm -hmm. shout out to Abby. She's the best. Um, but it, we're like, things are getting formalized and it's like, just, there's no way, you know, that it could be done like to the degree that it's going to get done and that it's getting done right now by a single person, by just, a single person. Like even with three people, like it's mm-hmm. a workload. I can, to, I, I can know, only imagine. Yeah. You got like social media, you got release schedules, you have the whole creativity side of things, you know, it, it adds up, you know, then you have to like, if you eat any release, you have to coordinate with an artist to get your art made. You know, you have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. You have to get your master done. If you don't do it yourself, um, yeah. we've done both most recent release that we're going to do. We got mastered. Um, okay. Just, you know, situationally. Okay. So as an artist, what do you feel you're known for? What, what do you feel your brand is? What do you think? Obviously I feel like you put on a lot of heavy. What do you feel? That's a good question. Um, well, a lot of the people, at least like locally and regionally, that like kind of fuck with us and our music, like, mm-hmm. no, like they know us as Dylan and Cody. In mm-hmm. addition to Low Temp, like you know, they might be like, "Oh, that's Low Temp," but then they'll come up and be like, "What's up, Dylan? What's up, Cody?" <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so I think that we've done like a we've tried to do a good job of like incorporating our personalities into the brand. So like at the end of the day, like it the brand like if I had to describe it, it's just like me and Cody, you know, like it. We try not to really do anything that like doesn't make sense to us or that we don't want to do. And um, like you just and that just kind of plays into like it being us, because like if we don't want to do it, like we just won't do it, even if it's like something that could potentially make sense. So how how did you guys meet? How did you guys meet? What made you guys decide to work together? Do you music fix it together? We met in St. Louis. I don't remember what show it was after, but it was after a show in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was staying with uh, my buddy Eric Stone's cousin. Shout out to Eric Stone. Um, and his cousin also had um, Cody and Eric staying with them. And we were in the garage and we were DJing. And me and Cody, the very first night we ever met each other, we were DJing um, together. Okay. So, uh, it was just kind of like a good one moment. of those instant, instant clicking things. Yeah. And, and like he knew who I was too, because I was DJing solo at the time. Um, so I was like out there trying, like trying to get my name out there and, um, like doing shows with high tech and, um, other people like that, just like kind of smaller, not the high tech is small, but smaller than high tech, um, shows like just in bars type of thing. Um, just literally whatever I could get kind of solo. Like I said, just get my name out there. Um, so he knew who I was through that. And uh, yeah, that was when we met. And then uh, we just started kicking it. And then one day uh, I had, well, I don't remember really which came first, whether it was Zooks or Lotep. I'd have to, I'd have to look at the, look at the calendar, we'll but the everything, calendar. <laughs> everything yeah. happened uh, pretty much came at the same, at the same time. time. Yeah. Um, so me and Cody started low temp cause I just had the, I had the name and kind of the branding and just mm-hmm. what I knew like it was going to be about at least at that point. And we busted out a track in like a day 
it wasn't that great, but it was enough to get like something get, get, up, get something started. Yeah, and like be like, oh, we're producers now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, uh. Uh, but it was just nice to be able to get something, uh, something out there and get started, and you know, the rest kind of. It's history. Yeah, like it just happened the way it happened, and it was just kind of crazy how everything happened, really. So, this might be a hard one. What do your parents feel of your career career choice? They like it. Yeah, they like it. They like it. Well, I mean, like, so I do all types of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, like, so I I'm just kind of like a hustler. Like, honestly, so there's like Zooks that I do. There's low temp that I do. I'm a consultant for businesses. Mm -hmm. We're here right now in a podcast studio that I opened and operate. Like, um, we sell we sell low temp merch. Like. Like how, however I got to get money, I get money. And like, I, you know, I, I did really good in college, graduated college and I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. See, you know, and so. that's great. You're doing what you actually want to be doing with your yeah. life. There's no, no better feeling. Than they that. might not be so uh, kosher with everything. If yeah. I like didn't go to college, I imagine like, you went to a Catholic yeah. school. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're cool and all like they're, and they're down. Like my mom's like come to shows before and stuff. And, uh, yeah, like she's never she's never seen me perform. Uh, we'll like if we ever get on like a big big stage, you know, she'll that's in out. town. She'll yeah, come she'll out. come out. Um, but she's always asking when we're gonna do a matinee. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when you first started producing music, were you just doing it as a hobby, just just for fun, or did you yeah. right away realize I'm gonna I'm gonna make this into something? Well, it evolved over time because, like, I was, like, probably, like, 14 or 15, like, on, like, a, I remember pretty vividly, like, being on a bus going, because I used to play hockey and traveled, and we were taking a bus, and I was busting out beats in GarageBand, and, like, all of my friends were around me, like, how does he know how to do this? <laughs> like, what? Like, um, so, like, that that was kind of my first exposure to it, so I guess it was, like, or, like, first time really doing it, but, like I said, like, as as I started to see like the path a little better, like there was a little more motivation behind it. Um, cause I probably didn't like seriously like produce like on a super consistent basis until like four years ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause like you can like music's like not some like, especially when you do other stuff, like if you're not a musician, like a professional musician and you're not like me and have like eight jobs and it's <laughs> not, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like you, it, like, when you can get put in that position to just sit and create, like that's super cool. Um, but just like I'm saying, like, you know, I was in, I was in school, like I was trying to have a social life and like, you know, kind of figure out who I was like at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, if you're like 14, 15, putting out tracks, like for more kismet, for example, you know, they, um, that's amazing. Like you, you don't, even like kind of know like what your life is going to look like because so much changes like when <laughs> from that age so it's crazy like to see like young mm-hmm. young people on mm-hmm. tours like that because it's like whoa you don't even like get to do the kid like high school yeah, thing. yeah like, exactly like hesh was kind of like that because he was i think he was like 17 when we had him in like 2019 2018 and <laughs> we were like what are they, what are your 
like uh, teachers think? Or like, <laughs> what, what do your classmates think? think? And they're like, I don't know. I just stopped showing up. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like if, if I was seven, money, if I was seventeen, I was DJing at clubs. I'd be telling all my classmates. I'd, I feel like yeah. that'd make me one of the coolest kids. Coolest kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Do you have an artist that you're embarrassed to listen to or is your guilty pleasure? Mine's Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Um, guilty pleasure. Dude, the other day, or it, was, it wasn't the other day, it was like a few months ago, I just woke up in the mood to bump Love Story by Taylor Swift. See? Yeah. Yeah, I love... Um, <laughs> I was I can just get in a, a mode. I, I, can I was get, in I that can mode. I can get into Taylor Swift mode myself. Um... Okay, so what is kind of one of the first shows that you played, and then mm. what are what what is probably crowd wise the biggest show that you've played? Yeah, so um, I I don't really know the exact first time me and Cody were like, this is low temp, like we're gonna mm-hmm. do it. But the first one that I, I the most old one that I can find that's from 2017, which is when we started it, um was we were opening for moniker at niche kc mm-hmm. which i did you ever get to go there i do not think oh, so Oh man it was like it's only like twice as big as the room we're in and they had like five foot deep custom built sub cabinets oh and then man. and then like the whole thing was like sided in bricks so it was like just a little 65 capacity like top room at a bar with a banging sound system mm-hmm. <laughs> but it closed down unfortunately a couple of years ago oh. uh, but man that was a spot and the the biggest show biggest show that we've played and how how did you feel when you played were you, were you nervous at all were you excited how does it feel yeah how did it feel yeah. so like just kind of like with any show what's what's weird is like you'll get like nervous or at least i do you know mm-hmm. but the moment like once you get up there and get going like you it's, it's fine it's fine you know and the one thing that kind of like you realize too is like nobody's coming out like man like i hope the dj just sucks tonight <laughs> yeah. you know like every everybody's rooting for you yeah you know uh-huh. and then you know like i'm saying like once you get going and like you get like you start to see that people are into it you less feed off of that and like it's like you get it, it turns into adrenaline that makes absolute sense to me yeah um what tips or advice would you give to new D- DJs trying to make a name for themselves or exp- expand their brand? Don't do what everyone else is doing. <laughs> don't do it. Makes sense. And Be don't, unique. You need to get out there at first, but at some point you need to watch for oversaturation. And, and any advice that I give comes with the asterisk of this is what I would do. And what I would do doesn't always work for everybody yeah yeah and you know it doesn't work for might not work for me might work for you might work for me might not work for you you know on the Mm -hmm. same advice so i feel i feel like that type of way when i get asked advice about anything it's like i just wanted to say like this is what i would do and you know i don't know if it's gonna work (laughs) 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 okay here's here's a fun one if you could pick a tattoo for cody what what are you getting Dude, him? I already know. I've been telling him to get it for years. I've yeah, been, and I want. I've been trying to convince a few people to do this. It's just like an idea that I want to see happen. Mm-hmm. And there's one of two things. The first thing 
I want to see is just somebody tattoo the word bong across the forehead, <laughs> B-O-N-G, right across the forehead. And then I told him, it's like a backup, like, okay, you don't want to do that. Like, let's shave your eyebrow and then we'll bright it there. And then your hair will grow back yeah, and it'll cover it. And then whenever you want it, you can just shave your eyebrow. But yeah, I want to see somebody get bong tattooed across their forehead. B-O-N-G. <laughs> I, I hope you can convince him to do it. I, yeah, I hope you can convince him to do that one. I think I can. If um, I'm persistent. If I'm persistent, never give up <laughs> on that dream. Never give him up on that dream. I, hear, I hope everyone who hears this... <laughs> Goes and encourages him <laughs> to live out that dream. Yo, yeah, you see him? You see <laughs> you, Cody yeah, out in you public? You see Cody out in public. Hey, bro, yeah. I hear you're getting the bong tattoo. Yeah. I've been waiting. When are you getting bong on your forehead, bro? <laughs> Cody, I'm coming for your neck, bro. <laughs> okay, for so your forehead, dog. what do you feel the artistic future? Are you going to keep staying with the kind of same genre that you're in no. now? What kind of subgenres do you see yourself going into in the future? Well, it sucks to get asked what type of music you make because it's like, I don't know. <laughs> I make my type of music. I, I don't, exactly. Yeah, you you, know, make, you like, make what sounds good to you. When we just when we were talking with our manager, one of the things she wanted to do was like rewrite our bio and she kind of asked like these same type of questions mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, what kind of music, how would you describe your music? Yeah. And like, and rather than like pin it down with like a genre name or like a yeah. genre name, I just... The, we did, we landed on ever evolving, so it's like ever evolving. you know, no, no, it's smart. like whatever whatever like comes out. Like today, I made like a Kanye West like lo-fi mashup, Ooh, and then I made like that sounds fun, and then I made like a flume mixed with like like a like a low temp sound okay, like type of thing. Okay, um, I'll be looking forward to hearing those. Yeah, so. the problem with me though, I just delete the music. Like I don't know. Like I know, I know. Like when I I like it, and like you know, you might like it, and like home homie might like might it, it, and homegirl might like it, and they might all be telling me, oh, it's good. But like if it's not up to the standard yeah, that you want to set, yeah, or yeah, like basically like standard wise, or even like if it's a cool beat, but I don't think like it fits. Like, and that's the weird thing. Like I don't want to say what fits, but I know it when mm -hmm. I hear it. And like if it's like. Like, cause I wrote like an amazing, like personally, I think it's awesome, like radio pop, like bubblegum pop song mm -hmm. just, and I think it's fire, but like, I'm never going to do anything with it, but like, I could totally see it being played on the radio, you know, but like, I that's don't know. Not, maybe, that's not your brand. Yeah. That's not what you kind of. Yeah. Like, and it's not even that it's like a certain thing or it's, is this, or it's not that it's like. I feel like if we want to stay around and like do stuff, like we have to be open to like new ideas and new types of things and like finding our way to express ourselves within, you know, whatever's going on or whatever we're into or, you know. Okay. How, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier. How would you rate your work life balance relationship ratio? I imagine it's pretty hard working. Yeah. You're like, Kev, you're like Kevin <laughs> Gates. You're work. working six, you're working six jobs. Um, you know you gotta like you gotta schedule well like mm -hmm. if you want to do multiple things and like that having like knowing what you're gonna do like makes it a little bit less hectic because you know yeah there might be a bunch of things going on but it all fits on one calendar so it's like i just have to do the calendar you know that's um, the that's for, for me that's always <laughs> the hardest part yeah i don't know I, for some reason if i write stuff like in a list or mm -hmm. in an order like it'll 
If I put it in my calendar and my bone, it's getting done, but... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, next five, ten years, what do you, where do you think you will be, and where do you think the EDM community will be as a whole? Do you think it's just going to keep know. getting bigger? Do you think you're just going to keep getting bigger? Well, there's a lot of variables yes, that determine definitely. these outcomes. And there's a few kind of questions within that, depending on what exactly you're talking about. Because, like, if you mean, like, the future of EDM, like, as, like, a whole, that's, like, one thing. And then, like, the future of, like, EDM in Kansas City and, like, what that looks like over the next five, ten years. And then what does low temp look like over the next five years? So. Kind, kind, kind of all three. Yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah. all three. So I'll do the. I think it's globally, it's just going to keep getting more popular. More and more popular. Um, I really don't see it. Declining sh- or anything shrinking. anytime soon. Um, more diversification of genres. I mean, more that's what's been crazy. Of genres. The, yeah, like just crazy genres. Or, you know, I can't wait names. for electric sea shanties. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, crazier production. I think is going to be like the new standard. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more 3D visuals 3D and projection visuals. type of things. I love that they're starting to put drones into it now. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot more of uh, it, it, just technology get integrated in with, you know, live production. Um, I think there's going to be some crazy, crazy like music software that will come out to over the next five to mm-hmm. 10 years that will make it you know more accessible and more you know um graph like gra- i don't know if graspable is a word but you know attainable. Um, a little bit more intuitive mm-hmm. of of software that, that takes away some of the learning curve of making music and so i th- i think eventually you know if you like have an idea for a song you'll be able to like transmute it some way technologically to to be its thing Gotta love the future. Yeah, man. So, We're living in it. So locally, do you think Kansas City is gonna keep keep expanding? Do you think do you think Nebraska might eventually get a music festival? Well, Lincoln has a a festival, but it's like it's more like a mini like South by Southwest type of thing. Oh man, I hope I hope like I don't get a bunch all of the hate bars. From the Nebraskans. Well, no, like it's fine, and they they. I'm sure they have other festivals that you and I don't know about too. Like they might not be electronic, but you know, um, for Kansas city though, I think Kansas city itself as a city is going to get a lot bigger, which means, you know, the music scene is going to get bigger and there's going to be more people in the venues. I'm interested to see how and what new venues open up. open up. Um, you know. I know Moda Mansion's kind of the new big thing. Six months ago, nobody had ever heard of it. Now they're doing shows twice a month, it seems like. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so now let's talk about Zooks. What's, uh, what's, what's the funniest thing ever you've ever seen while producing a show? Anything, just any, anything crazy off the wall? Man. Um, I kind of crashed a Sprinter van one time. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, I didn't crash the thing. I kind of crashed the thing. Kind of so, crashed the thing. Just a little bit. Yeah. Like, I, I, I 
I've never driven like tall vehicles mm-hmm. and the touring person that I was with wanted to go to Starbucks and the top of the sprinter van totally <laughs> hit like the little oh, concrete the little thing. Oh, yeah. Man. And it like hit the AC unit and I had to, <laughs> I had to tell my team that I, Hey, Hey guys, I got yeah. some coffee. There's some good news well, and bad news. I got yeah. some coffee, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to say I did it, but I couldn't not mention it. I had to, I had to own up to that. Cause yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Um, if you could book any three DJs for your production company, any three DJs to put on a show could be one show, could be three shows. Who would you choose? Who would you want to work with? I want to be involved in a Carl Cox show. Okay. Just because, like, he's just a legend. Like, that would be, like, something if where, like, most people would be, like, like globally would be, like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, that's tight. Um, and then pers- I'll throw, like, a personal one that I want to do. Uh, I want to produce a tipper show. Oh, that would be a good one. That would be cool. Um, and then uh, like off the wall, oh man. Well, we had a show with him and I wanted to do it and I had it locked in for May of 2020, which obviously didn't happen. And then we had another show with him and then he couldn't make his flight, but Oak, O-A-K-K. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So that yeah, so good, so so fire, and then honorable mention to Mr. Carmack too. That would be tight, or Stooky Sound, okay. or Hoochie. Good, good, good. Some no, those are some <laughs> like good some options. OG those are some shit. good options. I can't wait, can't wait to see when you finally actually throw those those together. Yeah. So, what are some of the shows and festivals that you are most proud of being being a part of? Um. I really like when we're able to do electronic music that does well in the Uptown Theater. Mm-hmm. I think that those shows are just amazing. Like I love seeing. I I love the Uptown. That was I think the venue. first yeah. first venue I went to. So just anything at the Uptown. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you ever felt starstruck meeting a DJ, meeting someone? I don't get like starstruck. Yeah. I just get really quiet because yeah. like I don't know how to how to approach. Like them. I get like I, I just get so polite that I ignore them. <laughs> 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 I'm the same way with ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any nightmare stories of setting up a show and absolutely everything going wrong, or an artist? That was just absolute nightmare to work with. How do you, and then how do you deal with the stressful situations when just everything's going wrong? Well, we did a show the other week or the other month that the headliner had flight issues. It wasn't the Oak show. He had Mm -hmm. flight issues too. But this artist, um, like wasn't, I don't remember if it was whether she missed her flight or something, but, um, it was like 15 minutes before the doors open when we get the news that there's like people outside and it was like a it was like a she might not make it to uh she's definitely gonna make it but she's gonna be close to 
we're gonna have enough time to well, she's not gonna make it oh, <laughs> and like it all like man. all of those it was just like an emotional roller coaster oh, and man. then so what in, we ended up doing like I, it was crazy because we had a headliner and that we were gonna replace him with it was low temp that we did just because <laughs> i was there and it's like okay well let's just do a low temp show i suppose and like chop the ticket price in half and like still have something as people yeah. are here and um I had to like find somebody to play within an hour. So I was, I called, I called Anj and was like, Anj, can you play can, a set yeah, tonight? And she's like, yeah, here. when? I'm like, can you be here in like 30 minutes? <laughs> 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 yeah. So <laughs> uh, she made it and she did good. So, you know, props That's to her. Matters. Shout That's out what to her matters. for, you know, making, making it happen. You know, it's hard to make a call like that and mm -hmm. be like, hey, I need you here now. <laughs> Could you describe the purpose of your job like you would to a caveman? What about a five-year-old? A five-year-old? <laughs> okay, okay. Caveman doesn't. That, he will, yeah. couldn't even. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Des describe the purpose of your job to, to a five-year-old. So... There's a few kind of ways that you can look at this. Um, but the easiest way, I guess, would be we make sure that everything happens right at concerts from beginning to end. Even the flashy from, lights. From the first the email. From the first the... email to the last email. And like the whole show, you know, it and and it varies. Um, but that's, that's how I'd describe it to a five-year-old, just like taking care of all the little things that need to happen, um, you know, months before and sometimes even weeks after a show. Okay. Between okay. settling everything up and going over numbers with, with various parties. So obviously I have to ask about COVID. How did that affect your company as a whole? How did that affect you as an artist? Did you think that was going to kind of help hurt sink, maybe possibly sink your co your company? How, how did, how did you deal with COVID? Well, so when COVID happened, everything just stopped. Stopped. Obviously. Everything yeah, I mean, was on pause. So, you know, the, the team was still sending out, you know, like offers and stuff, like just cause everything was so volatile mm -hmm. and like stuff changed no, so fast. Nobody knew and when you, you stuff know, would be open one week and shut down again. Nobody knew. Yeah. And, and you know, some places would be open and, uh, you know, some places would have restrictions, but they wouldn't enforce them. And, you know, it, you know, it, it made, and then, you know, people started throwing, you know, just like house parties, house parties. and I, I remember a couple raves at the park that were pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's cool and all, it just was like, man, like if, if we're like, it probably shouldn't have happened, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. but people did it like, it, it's like, <laughs> I feel like it's like putting a Playboy in front of a 12-year-old boy and being like, don't read it <laughs> yeah, when they're exactly. like, don't see your friends or don't do this, you know? And, and that's not for everybody, you know? Everybody's different and everybody reacted to COVID In a completely different way. Um, you know, and, and no, no real shade on anybody because it's like, 
it was going to happen either way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, at least I kind of just could foresee it, you know. <laughs> like, um, but I will say that it did, like, I guess the, the best way to put it would be, like, grind my gears that mm-hmm. this is happening even though it shouldn't. And it's not, like, it's not, like, done the same as, like, the way that we do things. Okay. Now that COVID is winding down, I feel like we're kind of seeing a renaissance. They're doing a lot more shows now. The shows are packed. Everybody's tired of being inside, so everybody's going out. So we're seeing all these new production companies uh, popping up in Kansas City, such as Playhouse Productions, Party Guru Productions. How, how do you feel about all these new production companies popping up? Do you think that's good for the community? Do you look at that as competition at all? Um, yeah, how do you feel, feel about, about, about them? I mean, th- like, I don't really see, like, like, when we do shows, like, we're just kind of doing the shows, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Th- that's like, it's, it's a tough question, I suppose. I mean, is weird. I mean, you, I'm, I'm, I, I'm for in it. In one way, they're they're building up the community. They're yeah. doing, they're getting people out there. Yeah, for sure. D- would you? Do you have any possible advice for them as growing production companies? Make sure that the most important thing that you're worried about is that everybody's gonna be safe. Be safe. That's beautiful advice. And think that through is any advice. possible scenario that could happen and have a plan for it before it happens smart smart that is genius advice at the end of the day all i'm really worried about is that people that come to the events and the shows like are safe they're safe and you know they're not going to get hurt Mm -hmm. and they're going to be able to come to the next one you know and be able to go home and you know see their family and friends and you know okay so i've heard the zooks guys been referred to a couple times as the encore guys, a local <laughs> music venue here in Kansas City. How yeah. do you feel about that title? Do you think that's apt? Do you think that's not true? How 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 do you feel about that title? Well, I w- I just feel like we're like super visible in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like that venue is not that big, so it's like not you much. notice us. Mm-hmm. But I, like, I I I like it as a venue. I like yeah. it as a venue. If you're because like we have to be like the stage is like two feet tall, so like somebody every single show without fail somebody gets on stage there yeah and so when that happens like there there just needs to basically be somebody there at all times so like i'm saying like we're just highly visible whereas like let's say i have the exact same responsibility in like a main room show you will not see me at all you won't see me you might see me like run through the crowd at one point to go do something really quick but like i'm not stopping to talk to anybody like i'm going back to like go be like behind a curtain like basically just like doing the same type of thing that I'm doing in the encore. Um, so yeah, like I feel like that would make sense just cause like, that's where you see us, you know? Um, other times you don't really see us, you know, whether we did our job before we even walked mm-hmm. in the doors or, you know, mm-hmm. we're backstage or, you know, sometimes we don't even really need that's, to be there depending that, on the, like the outline. You, you've done a perfect job when nobody notices you at all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then that, and that's what I'm kind of getting at. So like, it's, it's hard to hide in there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like if you want to be involved in what's going on, cause you know, you, yeah, it's just a small venue. 
So, I mean, I, I don't really mind. I mean, you know, people are going to call you whatever and, and say whatever. You just kind of got to know what you're doing and mm-hmm. be comfortable exactly. with like, what you're doing and, and know that you're not like, I, I don't know, you know. If you had an unlimited budget, what innovation would you want to do for the community? Would you want to throw a music festival? Would you want to build some badass venue down in Las Vegas? If you could do one specific thing, unlimited budget, what what would you want to do? Rent out Disney World. Rent out Disney and World. And have it oh, be man. a camping festival oh at Disney God. World. Oh, my God. That would be beautiful. That would be beautiful. <laughs> Or, you know, any it could be anything really, but then you have all the Disney stuff and yeah. it's just like it would be a Disney themed <laughs> you know. That, <laughs> that no, would be so no. fun. Uh, that would be radical. I'm saying that like would be you, radical. Because you get so much like variety, I can see I can see and there's the so much flashing, culture. Yeah. Flashing uh Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. Now. You can yeah, you can imagine like just between like the various, you know, like cool architecture that's already there like you know they have the rave in the disney castle that's what how can you not like i feel like a a lot of us grew up on disney so it'd be really cool to kind of be in that environment for that type of thing just be like already like the happiest place in the world now that's what i'm saying and now we're gonna bring bass music (laughs) <laughs> so i don't know i don't know what else you do beyond that you know okay so lastly how do i rate as an inter- interviewer this was fun i'm on what kind of scale uh one to ten. One to ten i'm gonna give you a solid eight and a half solid eight and a half thank you sir actual <laughs> seriously last question okay in the short term you have several shows coming up um what yeah what do you got in the line what do you got yeah. in the pipe yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, tomorrow we got Subtronics, and that's the 31st of uh, March, 2022. And then April 8th, 2022, we got Jansen with DMVU and Space Wizard and John Casey. April 9th, we got Girl Talk at the Truman. April 28th, we have Johnny Goth at Encore. May 5th, we have Turning in Sound at Encore. May 12th, we have AU5 and Chime at Encore. May 14th, we have Crystal Skies at Encore. May 19th, we have Nothing Nowhere at the Granada. May 27th, we have LTJ Bukum at Encore. And June 17th, we have Adventure Club with Bear Grylls at Encore. Adventure or at Club the Uptown Theater. Adventure Club with Bear Grylls. Oh, that one's, that one's going to be a mind blower. I can call that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then any more long-term plans? You're obviously now branching out into the podcast. Do you have any other big, big long-term goals in mind? This was one for a while, just kind of getting this set up, and I'm, uh, I'm eventually just kind of going to build out my office over in that other section over there, so that way, you know, I'm not just hanging out here when I have this, uh, like when I have like a podcast to mm-hmm. do. Um, I want to get a house in the next five years, hopefully, you know, just keep grinding. Um, yeah, I want to get a dog. i also want to get a dog yeah we got music coming out next month um and then an ep later this year all right awesome well can't wait to hear it can't wait to see these next shows so so excited for subtronics tomorrow thank you for your time thank you cheers